The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands walk for change. My tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah Assalamu alaikum from me your host Rehan Mukadam on our new program Born to Serve on your favorite radio station The Voice of the Cape on 91.3 FM Stereo Born to Serve is a new magazine program inspired by the part of verse 30 in Surah Baqarah which translates as Verily I will create a Khalifa on the earth in this program, we plan to focus on exceptional and exemplary leaders, both past and present, who fulfill this role as Khalifa or leader, local, international profiles, motivational interviews, readings, and biographies of leaders who serve the Ummah and humankind at large. Today's program, inshallah, is pre recorded, though you may send an SMS on 47913. First, in our lineup today, we were honored to be paid a visit by a very inspirational lady named Sister Ruhaida Ismail, who was recently in Cape Town on a trip from Malaysia, and Mishka Daddies conducted the interview. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and a very good day to you. Welcome to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Studio. And this, of course, being the program Born to Serve, and it's our profile interview right now. And, uh, of course, Born to Serve, as you may know, a magazine program that's inspired by part of the verse 30 of Surah Baqarah, which translates as, Verily I will create a Khalifa on the earth. The program focuses on leaders who serve the Ummah and humankind at large, who strive to make this world a a better place and we are honored to welcome today to our studios Rohaida Binti Muhammad Ishmael. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Rohaida, you're all the way from Malaysia, so a big warm welcome to Cape Town. And of course, you're in Cape Town. I wish I had kusistas for you because that's the way we welcome everyone. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. Rohaida, please tell us about your lifestyle growing up and your childhood growing up. What was special about it, the best memories? I would say that uh, I come from actually from a broken home. My, my parents were divorced when I was seven. But the part that I, I love about my parents was that the, I, they gave me a normal childhood, you know, mm. a normal childhood that uh, I play with uh, girl, young children and have a normal childhood. We play the pondo pondo you know the we we cook you know my 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 stepmother used to say at the time where is they are stealing my potato you know my rice because they these boys and girls they are cooking this thing by they making their own pondo that was something when i thought about myself that is was uh, it was the memories for me you know okay. with the other children mm. yes and your position in the family are you the only child or no uh, four of us actually i have an elder sister who is a teacher but now she looks after the schools actually okay. and i'm the second one the third one is a brother and the youngest one as well as a brother but of course i have my father remarried again mm -hmm. and there is another five Okay. from another marriage of my father. Yes. So all the time were you staying with your mom uh, while growing up? No. When I was growing up, up, it was like at first 
uh, with my father, and then the custody was uh, my mother's suit for custody, actually. Okay. But Alhamdulillah, Allah, there's a blessing in everything that happened, and we are close. And you see, I must praise my mother as well. She's a young woman, you know, when she was divorced at the time, she was divorced from my father. Uh -huh. She was only 27, I think, sure. at the time. And she never remarries until today and mm. i must say that both parents actually my father i always look up to him mm. and my mother as well as a muslim mother mm. that until today she never get married because she said well she got two daughters she couldn't remarry in the way in a way that there is a responsibility she said that mm. she had so always that my father and we are always like we can with my mother or she come and in, uh, visit us also by the neighbor's house you know okay even we are staying she'll come and the neighbor will come that's my memory as when i was small as well Beautiful. yes my mother and i i really uh uh she has made a, a big sacrifice as well for us Alhamdulillah. Yes. if you if i may ask i know it might be a bit personal yeah. was there any um anger that you felt toward your parents for for divorcing or how did you you get over maybe feeling in if there were any issues of abandonment etc yes uh, this is something is a very good question that you ever asked actually when I was small when I saw they're going to divorce I was very sad of course you mm. know I was only seven that time but that time I was saying to myself even as a child at that time if ever I get married I don't want to get a divorce mm. I see that but the truth is when we, I look at back at it today, to, again today, yeah, Allah, you know, Allah is the creations of, of all of us. And when he, Allah, allowed divorce, and today I appreciate, I think probably if they are together, uh, probably we would not have become like we are today. Mm. Because probably they'd be always having problems. Mm. And, you know, it, it, probably we would have affect us in the other way. Mm. And at that time, I feel a little bit sad, but Alhamdulillah, that's why I said these two parents, you know, my mother runs her responsibility very well. My father also runs her his responsibility very well. In fact, I must mention also my stepmother, you know. My stepmother, when I was growing up with her, I remember I have to cook sometimes rice, you know. I was only not very big, you know. Mm -hmm. And always when I was playing with the girls outside, six o'clock, she said, she will call my sister and me to come in. We have to fold the clothes. You know, we have to do some things, you know. But today I thank her that the, the discipline that she put in us, it looks like, oh, no, she's a stepmother. No, it's not like that. Then mm. I think today, no, it was a good, positive thing that come out from that. We are responsible people. Mm, you know? yes. And of course, you'll hear now the story of Ruheda because uh, I think starting off, like you were saying, Ruheda, yes. with those challenges yes. has put you to where yes. you are at this moment when. in time. And it's a fascinating story. So let me ask you what happened specifically when you were nine years old that's put you on this Park yes. as well. You see, my father, he's a highly educated man as well. He's a headmaster and is a headmaster at the school. And uh, what he always, I always see him all the time with books, you know, all the times, you know. So many of the things that, uh, that uh, you know, like a copycat when you see your father, but I do not know a lot at that time about Islam okay. in the sense of uh, focus about something. Okay. But the Malaysian school, something good about a school in Malaysia, like in Cape Town, I'm not sure how in South Africa, mm -hmm. um, from the age of one, you go into the uh, sorry, standard one, 
in the government school they already teach you about uh, you know about all the Islamic fiqh a little okay. small small thing they've already introduced to you so when I was nine years old that was the first time I heard the story of Badr the story of Badr how Rasulullah fought mm -hmm. the first war so Salam fought in that war you know and the way my teacher put that story it was an impact in my heart and in my mind and you know started from that I said to myself, when I grew up, I want to do something for Islam. I want to help this uh, Islamic religion. But I didn't know at that age in what sense that I can that do. You, uh -huh. I don't know. But at the back of my heart, I just know that uh, that um, when my my teacher explained to me, he said, you know, had Rasulullah Sallam failed in that war. Properly, we do not. We are not Muslim ourselves today. You know, when when she was explaining, that was an impact still in my head that I thought, Ya Allah, you know, we have to do something. And the love of Rasulullah also sort of grew, you know, in my heart. That mm. even I want to do something, it's always at the back of my head. I want to do something about. I want to, you know, help something about Islamic religion. You know, that that was it. Wow, Subhanallah. Yes. So having that story at the back of your yes. head from the age of nine, nine, you then studied further. Yes. You know, uh, in Malaysian school, actually, if you finish at the level of form five, you actually already have, maybe here they might say, uh, you go to a madrasa, you're starting off, uh, or maybe they can call a diploma or something mm -hmm. like that. I I'm not sure, but because I see uh, the, uh, the school in Malaysia actually gave quite uh, a good uh, enough Islamic knowledge okay. you know they talk about zakat already there when you have exam these are all inside there which is a good syllabus uh, even mm. if you finish, you finish at grade, I think grade 10 here yeah, they call it I'm not sure uh, matric, yeah, matric or, or grade yes, 12 mm. yes you already have that already you can also come out and if you have a certain certificate you can also teach okay. Islamic studies yes I mean uh, not Islamic studies in a, in a higher scale, you can already become a mu'alima in a small scale, you know, mm. uh, to teach other peoples, you know, from the, the children and all this, or Quran, and this is the, the things that, um, the school that I'm exposed to. Okay, okay. when, um, I must share something with you, in my head, at the back of my head, I know that I always want to travel. Mm. Traveling is because I hear as for, as more I read, you know, as a teenager, my father, when a young, when I'm a young time, he let me mix around boys, young girls, you know, mm -hmm. children, normal childhood. Mm. But the moment I get to the age of Akhir that is already he told me that, you know, I cannot just be. Uh, mixing with uh, they, everything has to be a, a, a disciplined mm. way of as a Muslim. This is what, how my mother, my father. Oh, my mother is so strict. I would say this. I would relate you even. If I would relate you one story. But but I said to her, Mashallah, may Allah give her. I always say this. May Allah give her Janatul Fardaus. Amen. Because I think both of them have produced my sister and me. I, I, even I look at us both. Of course, another two brothers. Mm -hmm. eh? mm -hmm. So. Uh, when I come to Akhir Bialik, uh age, the, my father become more strict in 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 in, in my in mm. my mixing, in a lot of things. Mm. So, uh, but he doesn't. He, but he allow me. I never. I never had boyfriends. My father always said to me, "Well, you know, until you get married, mm. only you will know a man." 
He said you must marry as a, as a virgin. And as a virgin, not just virgin by not having a relationship with men. Even no man mustn't touch you. Mm. This is, you know, this is my mother and my father. And through, 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 so through the, I must say, when I got married, the first man in my life was my, 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 the, my child's father. That was the first, I never had boyfriend. And my father was so strict, but he always enforced this in us, you know. Mm. And he is an English educator. He never sent us to an English school. That time, Malaysia have a Malay school and an English school. Mm. And most parents, Educated parents, they want to send the children to the English schools. School. But my father said, no, I'm going to send them to the uh, Malay school, mm. I mean the national school. So the values were installed yes. and the beliefs were installed Still, and it became natural to natural, you. Yes. Ruheda, I'm going to take an ad break. When we come back, inshallah, we continue your study. Okay. Stay tuned. Inshallah, we take a break and continue the interview thereafter. Peace of my eyes Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Born to Serve on Voice of the Cape on 91.3 FM Stereo, the program that focuses on leaders who fulfill the role of serving the community and the Ummah and ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We continue with part two of the interview with Rahida Ismail and Mishka Daris. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back. We are in the program Born to Serve. And of course, the magazine program inspired by part of the verse of Surah Baqarah, verse 30, in uh, which uh, Allah says, Verily, I will create a Khalifa on the earth. So we're looking at people um, and uh, leaders in our society that has made this world a better place just for being in the world. Alhamdulillah. And today we are interviewing Ruhaida binti Muhammad Ismail. And she is from Malaysia and she's visiting Cape Town, uh, leaving very soon. So I'm really honored to be speaking to her because she's got a, she had a good grounding from what I understand. Uh, um, she had a strict mom and dad who taught her, um, you know, what she needed to know growing up and being inspired at the age of nine years old by a teacher discussing the Battle of Badr. We now move on as to how this Battle of Badr has shaped um, where she's gone. So, Roheda, if I may ask you, um, you were at an airlines company for 20 years. You were there as a ground staff. Yes. Um, 20 years is a very long time. Yes. How did you end up moving from that to being um, a da'wa worker? Yes. Um, when I was, uh, when I started to work with the airline, actually, uh, now and then I used to hear about, uh, about um, you know, da'wa work and all this thing. One day, I bumped to somebody actually. When I was working uh, with the Malaysia Airlines, I traveled, and of course, I traveled to many places yeah. for holidays. But with Allah's grace, you know, because I think at that time, when I re reflection of what is happening today, the shape of my life was already coming, you know. Mm. And uh, when I was young, I could have uh, continued to universities mm. at that time, you know. I want, but. In my mind also, no, I want to work with the airline. And you do you believe me? I would I would say this. Before I was wearing a hijab, huh? mm -hmm. I applied for an airline job. 
I didn't get the job. Is that as a e-hostess? Yes, as a a hostess or even as a normal ground staff. Oh, okay. I didn't get the job uh-huh. because, well, they have chosen others properly. I see maybe not meant for me to get yet. Okay. But after I got married and I have a child already at that time, five years old child, uh-huh. when I apply with hijab, you know, I started not wearing makeup, nothing. When they called me for an interview, when I went for this airline interview, was like, I was, I will tell you something. When I went into the room, I saw. More than uh, 50 people just for uh, just for a three post they got to choose. And at that time when I went, yeah, Allah, I said, I'm out of place. Mm. No, I'm out of place for this job. And no one else has hijab on No one has. Nobody, no airline will take also. uh, Probably they were saying to me, no, the airline will not take you because you have hijab. Even in Malaysia, which is an an Islamic state. Yes, at that time. It was 19... uh, it was 19, uh, uh, was 19, no, 1980, 1991, wow. 1991, I started to work with the Amazing. airline. But you see, even the truth, I would say this, I started to say, oh my God, I'm at probably the wrong place if they're going to ask me to take <laughs> out my hijab. Mm. But you know why? I was always uh, already doing da'wah in my own way. Not in what way? Because I know that as a Muslim, we're not saying da'wah is just about going out uh, directly you want to talk. But if you have a Chinese friend, you have uh, uh, Indian friends, Hindus or what, that's also your duty actually. Just not mm. calling them for lunch a tea because Allah is going to ask you that time. Did you share about me even one word? Okay. Because this person is going to say in front of Allah one day in Yawm Al-Qiyamah that I never heard about you. Even Rohaida was having tea with me. She never mentioned about you, Allah. They're going to blame somebody that didn't do the, the work. Okay. They're going to blame somebody. So this, when I heard from, when I went, when I used to hear the talk, you know, one thing about me, you know, when I hear talk or something, sometimes it goes in at the back of my head, you know, mm-hmm. like in that sense, I said, no, and I keep it in my heart. I say, when I have opportunity, may Allah give me the, the, the will and power to transform the thing. So when I was working with the airline, uh, this I was doing with friends and, and everybody knows this, that, um, before that, before that. So I have one Christian girl. Mm. Her name is Rosalind. That is my good friend, actually. She always be calling me, trying to share about Christianity okay. before I walk the airline. But she didn't know that. I also interested to share about Islam. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So one day she was reading, she saw me reading because I was working actually somewhere before I worked with the airline. I already knew her. So she saw one book I was reading, Jesus a messenger of Islam. Mm. So she was like, she herself felt good. Oh, Rohaira is reading about Jesus. Mm. So she's, she tried to, uh, to share about the Bible with me. But Alhamdulillah, I have a little knowledge because this is all my father's book actually mm. that he has it at home. So I in turn share with her, you know, share with her back about Islam, about this. Now she said she never heard about Islam also in the other sense, you know, like in the chapter of the Quran, there is a chapter of Mary, you know, because the Christian didn't know because we didn't do our work well. Mm. Because if we do our work well, Allah knows best. We have just to do our work. Then the hidayah is from Allah. Mm. We cannot say, no, I want to convert somebody. Yeah. That is the, that failure, from Allah. That's mm. the failure of, mm. uh, of your work. Mm. Right? So did she ever become Muslim? 
she didn't want to become Muslim because mm-hmm. she didn't want to become Muslim. But when I was going to apply for the job, mm-hmm. she was already working with the airline. That's when I applied the job. Oh, she said I work with the airline. When I went for the interview, I bumped to her. Okay. When I bumped to her, I already said to myself, I don't know this is the right place. Not when I see the girls. I'm the only one with a job. Mm. And I cover, I have no makeup, nothing. Mm. And she bumped to me. You know what she said to me? Oh, Rohaila, you came for the interview. Yes, Rosalina. I said, you know, I think I'm out, I'm out of place here, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. This is not my line, I think. You know, mm-hmm. I saw the girls. You know what she said to me? Mm-hmm. No, no, you mustn't go. She said, you must not uh, go to a battle and declare defeat before you went to the anymore. interview fields. This is what she said to me. Mm-hmm. I must mention her name. She was the first that said, no, go back to the interview room because they haven't heard what you're going to say, Rohaila. Because she said, no, let them hear you. I am very confident. She said this to me. They're going to hear something about you. They will learn something from you. So I went back to the interview. True enough, when I went into the interview, I had a few people uh, uh, seated, mm-hmm. you know, a few mm-hmm. managers seated there. Mm-hmm. But I was so happy because uh, they were mentioning also, t- t- telling about hijab. I was mm-hmm. telling them that the hijab and me, you know, that's not going to change nothing. It is me. Mm-hmm. It is part mm-hmm. of me. And I explained to them mm-hmm. just they want to see. But after two weeks, I got a, a mail from the Malaysia airline that I got the job. Oh, yes, oh. I got the job. That was the happiest. And the first job that I got, it was like a secretary to the administration work, you know, mm-hmm. to the uh, manager, a security manager in my city. So you stayed there for 20 years. Yes. And then you ended up in 2009. You yes. were sponsored yes. um, by, by Turkey, Turkey to come and study. Yes. In between us, as I was working with the airline, I go for holiday. Yeah. And not just a holiday, always a holiday with something. With you an know, intention. There intention, was an intention, yes. Mm. Uh, uh, the intention. Inshallah, the interview continues after the ad break. Yesterday, I was uncertain about my future health needs. Then a stranger held my hand and reassured me. Today, I have a friend who makes my health their priority. Today, I'm part of the Melamed Hospital family. And with 24-hour emergency units and ambulances I can call on 0800-786-000, I know Melamed will always be there when I need them. Melamed Private Hospitals, your gateway to affordable, quality health care. Melamed Gates will now open with brand new state-of-the-art ICU, pediatric and general wards. Going on Umrah? Looking for the best deal on foreign exchange? Look no further. Contact Inter-Africa Bureau of the Change for the best rate and pay no commission. We accept all means of payment. To book your currency order, contact Rafika Abrams on 082-307-6905 or visit our Strand Street office in Cape Town, Mondays to Fridays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Inter-Africa, we rate you the best. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. 
We continue with the interview with Ruhayla Ismail and Mishka Daris. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back. We are in the program Born to Serve. And of course, the magazine program inspired by part of the verse of Surah Baqarah, verse 30, in which Allah says, Verily, I will create a Khalifa on the earth. So we're looking at people um, and uh, leaders in our society that has made this world a better place just for being in the world, alhamdulillah. And today we are interviewing Ruhaida binti Muhammad Ismail. Even if I were to relate to you the story about Formula One race team in the flight, that Robin Barakula team, you know, there okay, was here. Wow. Yeah, the chief mechanic, uh, then when he said to me, you know, I will never underestimate a Muslim woman again. Oh, that, brilliant. Yes, because this is always in my heart, I think. This is my passion, actually. This is a passion. You spoke to him while in hijab? Yes. Because first he looked at me like this He was uh. thinking, oh my goodness, I'm sitting with her Because he made a sign language to his friend on the other corner That uh. it's going to be such a boring hours from Melbourne to Kuala Lumpur So you sat next to him? Uh, yeah, I, I sat next wow. to, yeah, I was, no, to his chief mechanic, to, okay. chief oh, mechanic, mechanic. Oh, mm, Kelly, mm. And then we met mm. some other uh, mm. drivers as well mm. And my friend sponsored me a ticket to see Formula One mm. race because that's why when I talk about being a Muslim, a Muslim, we have to be, we have to be knowledgeable. We have to be, you know, a Muslim is not a weak Muslim. Even though we are in, we are mm. in line with everything, mm. but they must know that, mm. you know, they think that a Muslim woman is suppressed, depressed. They see us, but the moment they start to speak to us, you see how he said. What 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 did he tell you that uh, that made you start opening up about Islam? Okay, when I I, I uh, was in a flight, my friend invited me to Melbourne. Uh. On the way back from Melbourne, my seat was an all seat, okay. too empty at the middle, mm. and uh, his name is Michelle. Actually, mm. he sat at the other side, mm. too all seat. Yes. The moment I look at him, I, 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 I turn and look, his friend was talking to him from the other corner. <laughs> so he gave a sign telling, you know, I saw that with my, with my eye. Uh, He's telling that, you know, I'm end up with this. Uh, it's going to be eight uh, boring hours. This is what he said. And when I heard that, I said, oh, my goodness, it's such a not disgusting. This man is mm. saying this. So I keep on turning this way. I didn't want to look on his side. He ordered uh, he said, I think jeans or something drink from the stewardess. Okay. And he he was impatient. He ordered from another stewardess. So now he ended up having two, two glasses. You know, that when he, he turned to me and you know, he said to me, he said, uh, can, can I offer you one glass? Uh, you know, that's what he said to me. And I said to him, excuse me, I'm a Muslim. I've never touched liquor in my whole life. Mm. When he heard that I can speak English, but I did give him a smile, you know, mm-hmm. a smile, not a sarcastic smile, but um, a smile that I'm trying to say to know, thank you, you know, I don't drink liquor. Also, another form of da'wah to tell him, no, you don't under, you, you, you underestimating me. What was his response though? Oh, you speak English, he said that. Okay. That's what he said. Oh, you speak English. Uh. Then, uh, oh, okay, you know, the smile, my smile actually has break the ice. Mm. My smile and the way I mm. said it to him, then he started talking to me. Mm. 
start asking me you believe me from sitting there and i was talking about sharing about islam mm. i took the opportunity to share eight hours of my flight first he sat there he jumped to the other seat his friend calling him to come to the front he didn't want to go mm. in the end i had seven gentlemen you know chief engineer john i remember his name to this uh, formula one race which is sponsored by malaysia beautiful yes and seven gentlemen around me talking to me and they were talking about evolution i was talking about you know adam and eve allah created and the the it was so interesting the conversation that they know now that i was not just coveting this mm. in my mind now they're not looking at my clothes they're not talking they're talking to my mind now they're talking to but that's exactly what hijab yes, is about hijab. at the end of the day yes and end of the day they accept you who mm. you are that's why i think i really agree i'm in my heart say if i was not i don't have knowledge i don't know nothing probably i'm just smiling i could not have shared something mm. but because of what i have in some knowledge even even that is true and also salam even one ayat salam say relate mm. about you know about mm. islam about about him about islam that is is uh, i'm trying to say that there's something there yeah and and of course when this is dawah yeah, that you're giving dawah. right this so dawah. the next time i sit next to someone in the yes. flight a smile is yeah, dawah yes and that can open up a, a yes, big conversation yes. i have flown so many times in my whole life mm. and i have believe me i have gone i have sat with someone from croatia you mm. know and he was at first was a little bit rude to me he said my seat at the all seat you know oh excuse me i said i thought i have checked that not all seat the window seat you know i have my son at that time with me mm. he said that is my seat it was a little bit rude because i know he saw a muslim mm. but i corrected him nicely i said you know uh, you know that i have checked that um, the window seat belongs to both of us on mm. this side and then he look at this sticker oh he felt embarrassed when what's the most important thing to remember when you're giving dawah and you're getting um that kind of reaction from yes. non-muslims i always say smile is so important mm. a smile always break a smile on somebody's face always melt a person in the other way that's why i think uh, islam is smile is sadaqah mm. even you have a bad day you know someone smile at you you know but if someone don't smile at you it can give a 10000 picture that you know uh, that probably that girl was we even presume bad things you know mm. prejudice or something but a smile will never never go wrong subhanallah yes. so you know that was the long way to yes. get to turkey but basically you studied <laughs> <laughs> you studied uh, um at Turkey Islamic yes, studies yes. um and then you were there for three years yes, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes. So you were also doing some dawah work at the Blue Mosque. Mosque yes. But you also at the same time um you know after that you um you went to um the Masjid at Penang also yes, Kapitan yes, yes. in Malaysia. Yes. You currently at Masjid Sultan Abu Bakr. So these are all historical masajids. Yes, masjid. masjid. So how how do what do you do there as yeah. as dawah as a tour guide? Yeah, maybe I want to explain a little bit so that uh, whoever listening to this uh, uh, will understand. Okay, we've got three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. Okay, um, the Masjid 
visitors always come, especially historical mosques, mosques and masjid, yeah. and uh, they come even like in, in Cape Town. Maybe they want to know the history of Cape Town, so they come in. They said, okay, this uh, what is about the mosque. That's why our volunteers should, should be there. What we can do when we are in that mosque, we already we have knowledge to share with them. So let's say you want to explain, if you want to talk about Islam to visitors, they might want to say, I don't want to hear you about Islam. Oh. But when you explain the mosque, the minarets, the mimbar, you connect. You connect the thing with the, the in, in da'wah means why the Muslim use a mimbar, why do we face Kaaba? Okay, so the practical reasons Yes, the practical things. And I've got actually, really, I have got experience of a woman from Germany itself. You know, when we were explaining things, she said, you know, I thought there's, I know there's a power in this world, but now I know there's a power is Allah. And I have, I, have, I have experienced that. They said that I accept that Muhammad is the last messenger. And she has taken uh, shahada. shahada by herself instead of we tell, we want to tell her. This I have experienced. So this is our duty because one day they're going to claim that uh, we come to your house, mm. but nobody explained to us mm. nothing. Mm. You know? so, one of the most common yes. questions may be from yes. non-Muslims. Yes. What, what, what are the most common ones? The most common ones they also said uh, 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 they want to know what is Islam uh -huh. and always when we make explanation to them we must bring to the monetism that is to the worship of Allah mm. the worship of Allah no association with Allah mm. this is the most important thing that so when they, they they talk to us also this is also the question that, that, that they ask you know mm. and it will relate to hijab they will want to know why woman why hijab this is also a common question they will ask you uh, about and sometimes talking about the Prophet Sallallahu alone, you know, being in a woman, when we talk about the, I always like to, to focus, up, of course, generally, mm. but if it's a woman, you know, because they don't know the man named Muhammad, who is the man. But when you, you, t you talk to them, you tell them, he defended our status, not today, 1,000, almost 500 years mm. ago, mm. that we have right for education, education means study. When we talk about knowledge, in the world knowledge, we talk about ilim, the knowledge of the Quran, the mm. unseen, and all these things that, you know, that I, we didn't even touch on your voluntary oh, work, but but basically a lot of this was uh, as yeah. a tour guide on a yes. voluntary basis. Yes. And then uh, you're going to have to help me here, but um, I think in 2008 you were given the medal from the state government yes. of Malaysia. Asia, yes. uh, what, what is the name of that of that, uh, um, that is, award? The award was a PJM, that is Pingan Jasa Masyarakat, and the translation of that is meant your your uh, good deeds in uh, your own your your. Own or being recognized okay. uh, in uh, society sociable work is it society oh, so, 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 social yes. work yes. Social, social responsibility work. but oh. in my term it was about uh, my my contribution in the mosque so yes you're such an inspiration I, I wish we had more time yes. and I love your stories <laughs> I think that was the most important thing yes. um, yeah I've, I've learned a lot uh, from you yeah. yes. last last question that I have to say three yes. words to describe yourself yes I would say I'm, I'm confident and I'm focused Mm. And I'm also a soft-hearted person, actually. Mm. Soft-hearted. And uh, the three words, if you want to know, these are the three. Confident. I'm confident. Always always I feel whenever I want to do, I, you know, before we can become confident, we have to do our ground. Yeah. Then we become confident. Good. And then uh, number two, focus. You mm. see, I focused when I was small. Mm. I want to do something. 
and alhamdulillah i'm still focusing my dawa was will always continue i wouldn't say when to say dawa we're not a sheikh we're not um uh, uh, or anything like that you know what mm-hmm. but the little things that that have i just want to share one with that beautiful and so far that i may look very like this but actually i'm have a small <laughs> <laughs> i can see it <laughs> Ruheida, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us and i'm sure many people were inspired by your words uh and Ruheida, basically at the end of the day it's about just smiling yes that's that's the that's important thing and then thereafter sharing people, people. with people yes. the monotheism yes. of islam yes. alhamdulillah Ruheida binti muhammad ismail malaysia uh, she's from malaysia she's visiting cape town uh, she'll be off very soon I, I hope, inshallah, that we chat soon inshallah. and that our paths cross soon and uh, we, we make dua that Allah grant you all the success Ameen. in your future endeavors. I mean, place barakah in your life. I mean, and of course, uh, the most important thing, let us all meet in Jannah. Amen. Yes, That's the yes, important Ameen. thing. Jazakallah yes, to you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. that was indeed a very inspirational interview by an inspirational lady named Sister Ruheda Ishmael was recently in Cape Town and Mishka Daddies conducted the interview.